I can see why Diana was like, get me off this show. Hello, welcome to Glee on the Rocks, the podcast where we break down the highs and lows of the writing, the music, and the cultural impact of a TV show that only ran six seasons and ended like five years ago. Uh, I'm Emily. I'm Mandy. And I'm B. And this is season three, episode eight? Eight. I wrote it down and then I didn't look at it. Uh, hold on to 16. Which, I guess, top of the show, we should just say, we liked it. Yeah. 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 I think that's <laughs> a unanimous thing. Like this, this was a good episode. Yeah, this was, um, the quick summary from Netflix this time, because it was super short in an attempt to recruit more members. Finn tracks down former teammate, Sam Evans and convinces him to come back to the Glee club. What this summary is completely missing is that this is sectionals <laughs> yeah. and that's why he's tracking him down. Uh, but I guess Netflix didn't really want to spoil the whole episode yeah so off it's like trouble tones versus the new directions who's yeah he's gonna come out on top yeah this is a a big episode and somehow i had completely forgotten just how much happens in this episode and that i like it (laughs) yeah yeah especially coming off the last one a lot of a lot of storylines yeah maybe it helps that we just talked about the last episode and now these two they kind of work together for once. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess the we last should end it on that cliffhanger. And then they're actually uh-huh. like following up on that cliffhanger. It's not so... episodes of the week anymore. Wow. A story so arc. weird. It's at least a two episode story. arc. <laughs> at least um, we have a lot of topics. We have a lot of storylines. Should we start with Sam? Since he is the, yeah. The lead um, of the summary? <laughs> with Sam, there are multiple storylines going on. I mean, it's kind mm-hmm. of all centered on him, but like I completely forgot that the Sam and Mercedes thing sort of yeah. rekindles. Yeah. Well, because the last time we saw Sam Sadies was the end of season two. Yeah. That like cliffhanger at the end of season two where they're just like holding hands in the Lima line. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then and then Cord is not on the show anymore in the opener of season three. He's it's just gone. gone. Yeah. And now we finally know where he went. <laughs> went, Kentucky, to Kentucky, <laughs> went to Kentucky and has been working as a, um, a exotic dancer, Magic Mike style, at Stallions, known as White Chocolate. Yeah. I don't know why the other two dancers had a little persona. Like one was a firefighter and the other I know. was a mailman. And then he's just white chocolate. <laughs> he's just a white guy with abs. <laughs> right. I mean... Yeah, there were a couple things going on here. One, uh, sex work shouldn't be vilified or made fun of. Yes. Yeah. Maybe that, that just was like, always on that. That was my like one issue with the episode. I was like, you Glee, you could have almost had just like a win. Yeah. A <laughs> yeah. full win. Yeah. It's like a main plot point that he's ashamed of it. Yeah. yeah. I get it. You know, I get like an 18 year old kid or yes, that he should be because I can get like an 18 year old kid having to leave his home and earn money as an exotic dancer could be embarrassing. But the Finn, especially telling him that 
that working there is throwing his life away is a bit yeah. like, all right, let's, let's not vilify uh, a trade industry here. Also Blaine's reaction to it is pretty shitty too. Oh, so like, shitty. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. He was, the, a um, Sam. he was a full dick to Sam, which feels out of character unless there's some sort of tragic background we don't know about and backstory, yeah. but we never, like, I remember the fandom trying to figure out like, did someone assault him? Did someone yeah. do something to him in the past? And we never got an explanation for why he was so, I'm not for sale. Like, okay. Yeah. It was over what? the top. Like, yeah. It was over the top and doesn't really seem to connect to Sebastian. It's not like Sebastian's trying to buy him off Kurt, which could be a different plot line. Well, like, also, I feel like if they had done a little more to, like, sow the seeds of, like, something is building with Blaine and he feels attacked from every angle. Because, like, we did say a little bit of Finn arguing him, but, I don't know, it felt disproportionate to the randomly turn around and attack this guy that you've never had an issue with from Blaine. Yeah, definitely a disproportionate response. And it wasn't about, like, oh, I'm the one in charge of the Glee Club and I know what's best for the Glee Club. Like, it was, like, tangentially that because Sam was like, no, no, we can't do that. We need to do this. Like, we need to sell sex. Yeah. And so I guess that's what they're trying to, like, tell us was the conflict is that it's it's the Blaine Finn problem just extended now. Like, Sam is also like, no, I know what's best for the Glee Club and I'm just going to come in and do it. Um but yeah, no. Was Darren just like, I'm going to act the shit out of this today? Like, I don't know. I think he probably was. He's like, wait, I get to act a different way? Yeah. Right. Like, so, he just made it dramatic because he could. Yeah. <laughs> he had an emotion beyond dapper and just really went for it. I got to lean hard in. <laughs> got to gotta lean into it. Or maybe he, like, had to get really mad so then, like, the boxing scene made sense. Like, he's like, oh, he's yeah. so mad. He had to go hit something. I'm wow. so mad, you guys. No, so I, I know what it is. Uh, they cut one too many clan kisses and Darren <laughs> like, fuck this. <laughs> Those were the best part of Darren's week and you took it away from him. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. Um, not to get too far away from Sam towards Blaine, which I know happens to us all the time. Um, you can't help but pull focus. To, to, <laughs> to, to pull focus back to Sam's storylines, they kept that they had lost their home, that they had to move, that his dad was working a construction job, which again, not a bad career. Construction workers can make a fuck ton of money. Yeah. Um, but at least they kept that the family was struggling um right. even though continuity. like there's some continuity there even though the house that they were living in in kentucky was like oh it's yeah. pretty nice to me i don't know I, as yeah. i was watching it i was like so like it has a fence out front is that like the the metal fence supposed to be the indicator of poverty there like <laughs> if that's if the that's the case okay. yeah the house was fine like yeah. if a metal fence is an indicator of poverty we're poor yeah <laughs> we have a chain link fence because we have dogs <laughs> like yeah um I appreciate his parents being like, is this really what you want to do without just being like, follow your dreams. Like they know that it's been a little more realistic. They know it's been really hard for him having to like, he just showed up at McKinley and then he had to leave again. Yeah. (laughs) Which is a thing that happens to people whose parents take different jobs and they leave. Well, I've heard, I went to three schools in my whole life, like one elementary school, one middle school and one high school. So I can't relate, but I've heard that that's a thing that happens. Yeah. 
It's also, um, like, I find, like, this is another case of Glee burying the most interesting stories. Because, like, <laughs> it actually would have been really interesting to, ha like, get to follow Sam as yeah. a dentist. Sam didn't seem that ashamed of, like, what he was doing to bring money in. No. Right. Uh, it was just everyone else telling him he needed to be ashamed. So Yeah, definitely. Right. That, that, that would have been interesting to see him, like, getting the job and stuff. Of course, if Lee tried to do it, they would have ruined it. But yeah, his uh, his audition dance, yeah, for Stallions could have been kind of hot. Which I kind of like thing to burlesque. Yeah, Ooh, yeah. I mean, I they, oh, they would have done Lady Marmalade. Ah, oh, uh, nice. <laughs> like I get. I mean, for me, Cord Overstreet slash Sam Evans is not uh, a sexy dancer, so I kind of appreciated that an eighteen-year-old kid it doesn't have the best moves. <laughs> but he was like, you gotta do a body roll. Like, like that's something you're trying something there. Good. Maybe Blaine was just offended by how bad the body roll was. <laughs> I know it was funny. Cause when like Finn and Rachel decide to go get sample, I mean, they need bodies because they have no members for sectionals yeah, and, they have no Rachel, and they're down all the members. So like, I get that. Like, but he was like, we need star power. We, we need, need Sam. Star. And I was like, yeah, you guys just did a school musical where so many random people on that stage yeah. like pulled focus, like call one of them. Like why yeah. do you need to go like pull this kid out of Kentucky and have him live with you at your house? <laughs> it's like, it's a weird, weird Avenue to go. I mean, it's a good um, job done, but yeah. explain away why Cord Overstreet didn't come yeah. in until episode seven. Uh, Finn's <laughs> reaction to finding Sam actually made me laugh. I don't know. Something about Corey's expression when he said, I didn't know Backdraft was a musical. Oh my God. It's my favorite. <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah. It's I like my favorite that. also because I'm honestly surprised they haven't made Backdraft into a musical yet. <laughs> oh. Knowing the industry... Uh, it yeah. could still be in the pipeline. Yeah. Sure, a lot of people are having a lot of ideas right now while they can't make uh, Everyone's just watching old movies on Netflix like, yeah. we could make that into a musical. <laughs> we could we could do that. Um, So Sam does also begin the theme of the episode of holding on to your youth and your childhood and your glory days of being a teenager. Right. Which... For these kids, I get that that's it, it is realistic in the scope of the show that high school students, especially the seniors, are like, these are the best years of our lives and we got to hold on to being 16. And it's just so I get that that's how life feels right now. It's not true. Yeah, no. yeah not at all. But they love to portray it that way on TV. They really do. So, like, I'm, it's hard for me to criticize that entire angle of this episode because that's. That is how so many teenagers feel. Like I was ready yeah. to be an adult. Like I didn't want to stay in high school. I was ready to get out. But a lot of people, it feels like the most important thing you are ever going to do is be prom queen and win student council and play that final football game. Like I get it. It's just, it's just not true. That's why I kind of appreciated um, Quinn's part of the storyline i feel like this is the first and maybe only episode where like the crazy quinn going off the rails storyline kind of worked which is mm. weird um it, there's been so many episodes where it just feels like thrown in like we don't even talk about it till the very end or we just ignore it altogether because of reasons um mm. but i thought that 
um, her finally like having a breakthrough moment about that specifically about like why why am I trying to like force myself to skip steps ahead like why why am I holding so tightly to this having a perfect mm-hmm. baby and, and and you know things like that and ignoring like the friends and the opportunities that I have in front of me because Quinn has been like very separate from the Glee Club and the Cheerios like all of her storylines have been just her and Puck and Shelby and not really connected to anything else so I thought that was I I felt like we finally got some closure on that storyline question Mm -hmm. mark I don't remember if it goes past this I really hope not (laughs) (laughs) uh yeah no it was nice to see her um have some evolving of of her characters characters of her character um and i do since i don't remember a lot of it i i certainly hope that that stays because of of her many shitty storylines this whole i'm gonna i'm gonna force another baby and i'm gonna ruin people's lives and i'm just gonna be mean to be mean Mm -hmm. does it's so it's not even like mean high school girl who's just kind of shitty like kitty it's uh just it's like adult cruelness in a way right it's like some really harsh cold things that it's hard to hard to root for her in any way until she kind of pulls herself out of it yeah she was just like spending all this time focusing on the wrong things like looking for external validation in all the wrong places Mm mm-hmm and like I, I appreciate that what she's been through can like fuck a person up, but it it's definitely uh cross the line between what's a good story to watch and what's just like okay, you could be yeah there. yeah like we we've been done with this now yeah um who's calling for their mother? Uh, it's a kid outside, I think. Okay, or it's <laughs> it's Quinn's like childhood in the background. <laughs> background mom, mom. It's, it's Beth <laughs> calling for her mother. Well, That's I mean, our new sound effects for the episode. Mom! Mom and children's voices. Yeah. Uh, well, it's like, it's a good, it's a good um, yeah. meta, like, um, moment there, too. Because, like, when's the last time Quinn talked to her own mother? Like, ooh, God, never, I guess. We don't know, because we don't know. Uh, acknowledge parents unless they're, you know, one very special scene. I'm, I still assume that she lives with Mercedes, yeah, I mean, you would think, I, but... I guess? I was thinking that in the Prom Queen episode in season two, she has some kind of interaction with her mom. Maybe. Oh, right. Because her, her mom, like, pulls out the crown. Yeah. Right? Something like that. You know, it's terrible, because yeah. this didn't happen that long ago. <laughs> but it's been a long year. It's been so many years. I know. Quinn having mommy issues, though, I think would be more interesting i think it would make more sense like i just always felt like her 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 craziness in this season about like getting beth back and blah 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 is like mm-hmm. seems like a weird thing to latch on to with no context because she gave up beth so willingly she did to shelby in season one and like you know she was young then she's still young um i just feel like i'd rather them have explored maybe the psyche of it a little bit instead of just being like like they legit call her crazy Quinn to her face. Um, yeah. Which doesn't, that doesn't help. Doesn't. Yeah. A teenager who's struggling to be like, you're nuts. Yeah. Um, not that she's not. 
she is, she, but she does yeah, have no offering her professional help. She doesn't even meet yeah. Miss Salisbury, and she's like, "That's true." She, uh, yeah. Instead of being um, after her skank Quinn uh, time, I feel like maybe she should have been assigned mandatory counseling sessions with Miss Pillsbury. Yeah. Well, yeah that that would have been good for her, though. I don't know how Miss Pillsbury would have handled <laughs> it. Yeah. <laughs> Not great, not great, but they would have tried. It would have been something, yeah. Mm-hmm. Poor Quinn. I can see why Diana was like, get me off this show. Yeah. yeah. And uh, apparently also Sam, or maybe they just didn't like Cord, because this is actually, it's not that he was just not in the episodes. His contract, his option had been, his contract expired, and his option to return as a regular had not been picked up when the show began. Um, uh, the Hollywood Reporter tells me that it wasn't until July of 2012 that he was officially had officially closed his deal to come back in the fourth season, hmm. and this is the third, which means like, yeah, what is what is going on? So there, I I don't know that we ever really found out what Cord's issue with um, Ryan and Brad was. I just Googled it to see, and it says he he declined an offer to return as a recurring character in season three to focus on music. Okay, so that means that he wanted to be a regular, which is a pay bump, and they only wanted to keep him as a recurring, which then you get mm-hmm. less money, and then decided to play his cards yeah. to say, if you don't make me a regular, I'll leave. And they were like, goodbye. <laughs> yeah, the article says that he... He he was he was able his his schedule opened up so he could come back in and it sure. said he'll yeah. reappear on the December sixth episode parentheses and recur throughout the rest of the season mm-hmm. so maybe he was still recurring maybe he just decided like oh, all right I'll do it <laughs> like oh I guess I need some money yeah um so Quinn also has her issues with Shelby and is going to tell Figgins that Shelby has been sleeping, or I guess one time, with Puck. Um, Shelby, or no, so Rachel confronts Quinn right. that she shouldn't do this because it will ruin Beth's life somehow. And also that Puck is 18, so it's okay? Like, I... That's so okay. Yeah. There are so I mean, many ethics clauses for teachers and I she know. violated all of them all even of just them. even just having like her biological daughter and her daughter's biological mother at the school probably violates some kind of ethics yeah. code <laughs> you'd have to you'd have to i feel like you just have to sign so many release forms to be like yes i'm okay with my biological mother whom i've had no contact with previously teach at right? the school and so what if he's 18 still your student you can't there I mean, that's just weird. for so much less. Yeah. Right. I mean, like Shelby chose to come to the school where her daughter's biological mother and her own biological daughter. Yeah. And her bio, uh, like her adopted daughters, uh, yeah. you know. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah just... da- dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So now she's sleeping with her adopted daughter's dad. Yeah. <laughs> And her adopted daughter's biological mother is trying to get her fired and her 
biological daughter is trying to convince fuck yeah <laughs> we need a family tree <laughs> it's it's a little soap opera e for the rest of the episode and and for the series in general like this was this was Always. too much it was too like dawson's creek for me and also thought- you just don't need to put that out there <laughs> Um, I just I thought it was interesting that Shelby's the one who finally like gets through to Quinn, which I guess maybe I guess shows that Quinn wasn't that crazy all along. Like maybe she just needed she was just going through something mm-hmm. and someone, you know, I think in, at the end of the day, she really does love Beth. She might not love yeah. Shelby, but yeah, I thought it was interesting that like puck tried to talk to her sam tried to talk to her rachel tried to talk to her um and like she had talked to shelby before but what did shelby tell her she's just like oh you you won't stay young forever like don't try to grow up so fast which is what everyone else is saying too yeah uh, yeah so maybe she just needed to hear it from someone in their 30s (laughs) (laughs) which when you're 16 is like fucking ancient yep One of the notes I wrote was just like, high school is not the best time of your life. I yeah. literally wrote the same thing, too. <laughs> no, I, actually, I think mine says high school shouldn't be the best time of your mm-hmm. life. Yeah. That's also true, though. I mean, it's a different you point and also valid. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you're peaking in high school, good luck. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can't with this show sometimes. Often. And yet, still a good episode. It really was a good episode. Um, There was a lot of Clayne in this episode, always worth mentioning. A lot of background Clayne moments that were very sweet. It seemed like a genuine uh, relationship, Uh question mark. Wow. I definitely (laughs) just have a big all caps that says Lima Bean Coffee Date. Yes. Yeah. Um, Because so much happened in this scene that is not quite iconic, but it is definitely just excellent um i didn't totally appreciate kurt saying that if they don't win at sectionals they'll be regulated to the life of barista work and then he'll have nothing to live for yeah i was like okay your dad just became congressman i know i wrote that down (laughs) he also owns a business he owns a business your dad just became congressman and being a barista doesn't ruin your life i mean like emotionally it does but (laughs) It's not the end of your life. Kurt is a barista for a period. I know. <laughs> is it right after this? He's filling out a job yeah. application as he says it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, He's sure. I wrote working for Lima Bean being like, oh, I'm going to have to be a barista. I'm like, you don't have to be. No. There's, there's other. I mean, maybe the Lima Bean is the only job in Lima, Ohio. Might be. It really might How- be. How long did it take you to realize that lima bean was a pun? Oh, yeah. It's a double pun. Yeah. Because, like, yeah. coffee beans, lima, yeah. lima bean. Yeah. Yeah. It took me way too long into watching the show <laughs> that I was like, like, lima beans? And also they're in lima? Oh. <sighs> Just. um, Yeah. So I, I, I appreciated their conversation. I appreciated that Blaine was venting to his boyfriend about Finn like so a real like dramatically but at least they're talking about something that's not oh yeah sec- like yeah. at least they're talking Good. um and then obviously Sebastian has to show up out of nowhere of course I love it 
I love the little face off between Sebastian and Kurt. That is one of the most iconic, like it is. Yeah. I, I definitely love that. And that's definitely where my uh, love of Kurt and Sebastian uh -huh. in yes. these lovers was born. Yep. 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 Mm -hmm. I love um, when Kurt yep. says about the CW hair and then yep. Grant ends up on the CW as the flash. <laughs> yep. It's so uh, good. Also, him calling him, like, I don't like the gay face insult because, again, yeah, they, like they result back to, like, I mean, resort back That's to right. just, like, making fun of Chris's looks. Yeah. But somehow Chris, or, like, you know, Kurt calling Sebastian Meerkat, mm -hmm. I love. I don't like you. Fun. I don't like you either. I don't like the way you talk to my boyfriend. I don't like your smirky little meerkat face. I don't like your obnoxious CW hair. I'm on to you. I do, too. Your smirky like, little meerkat face. Yeah, like, come on, writers. If you could give Kurt that line for Sebastian, you could have come up with something better for Kurt. Yeah. He could. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I, I also appreciate that, well, one, Blaine pieces out because he know what's about to happen. <laughs> He's like, I'm not... I mean, maybe he just finds it too hot to watch them argue over him. <laughs> I mean, he's either had... stepping aside so they can, like, measure their dicks, like, yeah. in private, or, like you said, so that he could just watch them. Yeah, the I feel like he's just standing at the counter watching yeah. and, like, maybe recording for later. Uh, I just, um, I appreciate Kurt straight up be telling someone, I don't like you. There's something very powerful about telling someone to their face that you don't like them. Yes. And it just doesn't happen that often. Um, let's talk about what Sebastian says when he walks up, which is, what's up, buddy? I haven't seen you online. What is the context of that? Is Blaine on Tumblr? That's where my head yes. goes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, my head was that they were using AIM to chat, oh. but I'm old. Um, <laughs> so I guess really it would be like Facebook Messenger in 2000, and, well, 2012. Yeah. What would they have been? Uh, so they, MySpace was probably dead by then. Skype, what would maybe maybe they were Skype chatting? I still like to oh, think yeah, the AOL. Yeah, yeah. Or Blaine is a cam boy. Or that. I mean, maybe that's why he got so mad about Sam. It was really just his <laughs> own issues. He was just projecting. Yeah, yeah. Schoolers out there, please don't. You're underage. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> you're underage, but you're valid. We can joke about it, but like, don't. Yeah. <laughs> But, but the barista's but not that bad. Yeah, if the options are Camboy and Barista. Yes. Uh, well, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, Look, just picturing the fan art. <laughs> There's been a different fun visual fan art every episode lately, and I love that. There has. Yes. <laughs> uh, Camboy, Blaine, and Sebastian just paying his debts. Mm. But yeah, Sebastian, I guess transitioning into the rest of the Sebastian thing, like he, uh, interesting twist that they're not uh, going up against the Warblers in sectionals this year when they did last year. I so know. Now, they, now they're in two different sectionals. Fascinating. Um, but yeah, I thought it was really sweet that um, all the Warblers come to support them in mm -hmm. sectionals and that Sebastian seems to genuinely be excited for them, even Kurt question mark okay <laughs> yes and i i know that i exist over in the corner with my like sublane brain mm -hmm. but sebastian like does gen genuinely seem to appreciate blaine's talent like whatever else his douchebaggery entails he does yeah. compliment the shit out of that kid 
and seems to mean it as genuinely as Sebastian can mean something genuinely and really enjoys watching those performances, which could be the Camboy thing. But it's at least (laughs) part of their relationship is that Sebastian finds Blaine talented and worthy of his attention, I guess, whatever that means. Um, It's just too bad that it goes the way it goes. For me, personally. But I do, I do like that he is um, a team player when it comes to the competitions. Yeah, there was a surprising amount of emotional maturity in this episode. Yes, I wrote that at the bottom. Like my, my <laughs> tagline was that this was a character-driven episode where the performances actually fed the show rather than yeah. the other way around. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was just going to say that, yeah, like obviously Grant didn't, you know, after a point didn't really come back because he got, you know, a better a job. CW <laughs> job. Um, but yeah, I, I think all of the setup for Sebastian was for him to at some point be something more mm-hmm. than just, you know, shows up and hits on Blaine a little bit. Like, I think so too. Yeah. And, and I get that. Uh, I, well, we can't say this for certain, but it does feel like Ryan Murphy makes character decisions based on what will annoy the viewers the most. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. upcoming storylines with Kurt and Blaine especially do seem like sharp sticks to the eye of Clay fans. And that using Sebastian as mid game or as trouble in paradise just made too much sense. Like there was too much background and too much setup that yeah. that couldn't happen. Like, wait, the fans kind of like this and at least appreciate the inherent drama of someone trying to steal someone's boyfriend or even just flirt can't do it gotta get rid of him or make him a full villain oh i see what you're saying is that neither of them could have had an actual relationship with sebastian because they never do nobody even hooks up with sebastian because claim fans might have kind of liked that they had to have terrible mid games i see what you mean yes i feel like I mean, maybe that's just coming from a perspective where I like the character of Sebastian and I know a ton of people hated him in part because he was gunning for Blaine. But at least in my neck of the Tumblr woods, there were people who were like, no, this is, this is kind of awesome. There's some drama. It makes sense. Grant's super hot and funny. And it it fit where the characters were coming from. And that, yeah, why wouldn't Kurt be self-conscious? He's been shit on his entire life and finally someone loves him for him and someone else swoops in there's some competition yeah there's competition but i always feel like rib can't handle can't can't keep good storylines if it makes the fans happy or makes too much logical sense but maybe i'm just that's like bitter glee fan coming out it definitely I mean, that's that's the punchline of this podcast so bitter <laughs> fan coming out is absolutely okay yep fair <laughs> That's definitely what it looks like in hindsight, at least. Right. And who we can't know everything that was happening behind the scenes. Ryan, if you wanted to maybe shed some light on your decision making process, we're we're open. Grant must have started the flash very soon after this, though, because he's not even really in. He disappears for a long time. A little bit. Yeah. And then the warblers aren't in season five at all. No. Except like one episode. 
So, so the Flash, the first episode aired October seventh, two thousand and fourteen. So they would have been filming two thousand thirteen. Okay. Probably depending on what their schedule is like. So yeah, this is right after that. Yeah. Hmm. Could have could have had a different show, man. Shoulda coulda woulda. Shoulda shoulda coulda woulda. Sebastian. I very much always is my coulda woulda. My hill to die on. Um, but well, to I be guess, clear, I I was one of those that hated Sebastian when the show. I was get it though. Like Why? it makes sense <laughs> to hate him. In retrospect, I'm like I love Grant and. Mm-hmm. Um, to see the characters that they put in as mid game or threats to claim later. I'm like, no, those are all, some of them aren't even real characters, right? Like literally a lighthouse. Um, But the other ones that are real characters, um, Adam, it's like, that's not, that's That's not even, Adam doesn't even exist. Like, no. Yeah. Like Adam makes me angry on 19 levels. I know. I can't wait to get to those episodes. We're just going to be angry angry ranting mark yeah. my words <laughs> season three is the last time we will be like oh this was a great episode like this is it <laughs> um so i guess another big storyline here well do we should we sidetrack to mike and tina before we get to sectionals say, yeah. maybe yeah. we go mike and tina and then yeah. yeah sectionals um this felt i'm not sure how i feel about this how do you feel about i mean i appreciate that they brought back around that his dad's a dick and that he's struggling between his dreams and money. But what are are your thoughts here? I mean, as someone who, when I was in high school, was spending a lot of time trying to please my parents, not Mm -hmm. quite as dramatically as Mike was. um, And my conflict with my parents happened more in college than it did in high school. But um, I feel like it was realistic. Like, I think... The question of whether Tina should have gotten involved sticks with me because I don't thinking of it in a realistic way, like I wouldn't have been able to advocate for myself in the way that I needed to. And I could see that in Mike. Like Mike wasn't able to do because he's he's got parental expectations and it's ingrained in us to like want to please our parents. And it's mm-hmm. hard to you can't just break away from that overnight. It takes years of therapy. And, you know, but in its societal expectations, it's internal inherent like drive. So I feel like had Tina not gotten involved, we might not have seen an actual wrap up of that storyline. Cause I feel like Mike would have never stood up to his parents, not then anyways, maybe years down the line, mm-hmm. you know, when he's like three, two semesters into med school and is like, fuck, I don't want to do this, which I've seen happen. Um, you know, one of my sorority sisters um, had had Asian with Asian parents expected her to go to med school and she dropped out like three years in and she's a wedding photographer now. Um, nice. You know, uh, it, it, I, I've seen that storyline play out. So I think in the sense of it, <laughs> in the sense of Glee needing to wrap that storyline up, Tina had to get involved. Should Tina have gotten involved? I'm not sure. It ended well, but I guess mm-hmm. it could have ended worse than it I don't know if it could have ended worse than it would otherwise because I mean Mike was still going to go to school for pre-med whether his dad liked what Tina had to say or not you know I don't know yeah at least Tina was trying something different (laughs) I was just gonna lay down and take it yeah that's where I had trouble was like how involved does someone else get to be 
and and so forcefully right like it's one thing to have a conversation and it's another to i guess show up at your dad's office and tell him he's a dick to his face i don't know if it's just like hold on you are also 17 and yeah, that's an adult I'd, <laughs> I'd be uncomfortable with that yeah i was a little like Whoa. especially now as as i get older i keep thinking about like what if someone just walked into my office it was like, you need to treat so-and-so like, whoa, who the fuck are you? Like, I don't know that as an adult, someone would take that well, like with the good intentions that it comes with, that your response wouldn't just be like, well, fuck all of you. I'm the, I'm the dad. Well, he did do that at first. And I'm assuming he's met Tina several times. They've been together for like over a, a long time. Now. Yeah. Over a year now. So I, I mean, would glee that's they're married. Yeah. yeah, and never on again, off again. Wow, they're no. like the always the strong. See, if you're a background couple, you get to stay together. Yes, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and there wasn't another Asian character to racistly put them together with. Like they couldn't, you couldn't be Mike Chang and Tina Cohen Chang without each other. So. Right. I feel like I feel like where I really disliked Tina's actions was actually the earlier conversation. Um, I didn't write down exactly what they said, but by the lockers where Mike tells her like, "No, I'm I've already applied to Stanford. Like, I'm going to go pre med. Like, I'm not going to put an application in to go to school for dance." Um, and and they both kind of have a very like, "Well, fuck you. Well, fuck you too." Kind yeah. of like ending to that conversation, which I just think is like a hard line in a romantic relationship. Like they were like, "Maybe we just shouldn't be together." I'm like, you high schoolers i guess but i'm like that's not the way to (laughs) have an argument um it was very off the not off the cuff it was very from the gut i guess mm -hmm. just like you can't tell me what to do well you can't tell me what to do goodbye oh oh but i mean they are teeming with hormones yeah (laughs) this is like the closest they've ever been to breaking up honestly i thought about that too yeah it really is like um yeah, it was kind of their one big argument that I can think of. Mm-hmm. But, I, you know, it had to happen at some point, I guess. But, I mean, it was very gratifying, you know, in that glee, mm, everything's perfect. Now, I'm mm-hmm. wrapping up with a storyline, right? Multi-episode storyline, amazing, that his dad does come to sectionals, I'm guessing, after he watched the DVD of Mike in West Side yeah. Story. Comes to sectionals I- and, like, has a good time amazing yeah and i i guess from now on they have a happy family right no Uh, we hope so anyways i think so yeah i don't think we ever see part part of me is like yeah i want that for mike but part of me is like there's no way that actually happens zero percent chance yeah yeah no narcissistic parents do not change overnight and this is Glee, like, half-assing something because, like, you know, they just really wanted to get back to writing Rachel <laughs> scenes. I was going to say Rachel Finn scenes, but really it's just Rachel scenes. Yeah. It must well, have killed them that Rachel couldn't be in the sec- in, in the songs. Does that take us to sectionals now? I think so. Uh, it can. We can, we, can, yeah. we can spend as much time prepping for sectionals as they did. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god, literally he's picking out songs. I'm like, dude, your competition is this weekend. I could I Horrified. didn't even remember that they were picking not even like just starting to rehearse, but picking the songs for mm-hmm. sectionals. 
the week of. The I, and they're like, oh, it's this weekend. Like I, I, ah, ah. Now you know. Rib did 0.5 seconds of research on. Yeah. yeah show choir because like maybe dance professionals in Hollywood can learn a song and dance every single week, multiple songs and dance every single week, but fucking high schoolers cannot. <laughs> no, no. And then if you actually look at sectionals, they have three fucking songs with vastly yeah. different types of choreography. This shit always annoys me about Glee, but this it's the most criminal in this specific competition that the New Directions always gets more songs than everybody else. And it's not even like they make it look like, oh, we just cut cut to something else and maybe they had more songs that we just didn't get to see literally like the lights go out on them and people stand up and applaud uh-huh. like, yeah the other two sh- show choirs only got one song that's mm-hmm. bullshit of course you win if you have three songs and everybody else has one <laughs> yeah uh, i could not yeah it bothered me the first time and this time you were just like okay but i would rather see the trouble tone sing a couple more songs they didn't even get two songs they had to mash two together which by the way that's a wonderful mashup of course the adele one is number one but that's a really clever one survivor slash i will survive it's great you know what else i was thinking of though like the so the choreography and and the ladies dancing was super cute mm-hmm. um but mercedes is belting it I know. and doesn't seem to have any trouble with the choreography even though it is an entire plot point previously that she couldn't keep up <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. I about that. Yeah. like i guess she's been practicing her dancing and her lung capacity all those booty yeah. camps worked I guess they did. I mean, uh, Trouble Tones actually rehearses in a reasonable amount of time instead of having drama and songs of the week. So that's really it. Shelby just actually had them working on things. I mean, vocal adrenaline, she would know. Yeah. It's like the Glee Club showing up with songs they wrote in their hotel room three days ago or like three hours ago. And like, what do you mean we didn't win? Like, well, you, you just, you just wrote these. And then Glee explained that away. Just be like, oh, it's because you kissed on stage and that's against the rules. Mm-hmm. No, you didn't mm-hmm. rehearse. Uh, oh God. I did. So, okay. Before we jump to the new directions, we had the unitards and the return of Harmony singing Buenos Aires. I'd forgotten that she comes back in this episode. And I was I so do. excited because I love that fucking song. I used, it used to be one of my most played like Glee songs mm-hmm. on Spotify. It is, it's just a fun song. She it kills is. it. She does. They all look great. I loved Kurt's line. Oh my god, it's the Gerber baby. <laughs> Beautiful. Yes, it was so good. Beautiful. Um, Kurt had so many fun, like, little side things yeah. in this episode. He, he really, did, like... Yeah. When he mouths what's wrong with you to yeah. Blaine during Red Solo Cup. During Red Solo Cup, <laughs> yes. I wrote that okay. too. That, that was the moment when I texted you guys about their... Um, their personalities because and and how they're like too similar because in that moment I was like, but what if Blaine were more like himbo 
jock and less dapper Dan. And you've got your theater kid. He's a little up, you know, Kurt's a little uptight. He's the theater kid. He's a little more prim and proper. And his like goofy, adorable himbo boyfriend who's like doing red solo cup and having the best time of his life. But this is consistent because remember, blame it on the alcohol where Kurt yes. was like, no, I'm not going to drink. I got to keep it together. And it is uh, consistent. Blame and was I, like, fucking having, <laughs> having a blast. And that is where I wanted it to be like, why not explore that side of Blaine? Because you get these little moments yeah. or like when he's dancing at Scandals and then right. it just goes right back to bow ties and shiny shoes and, you know, tight pants. Maybe. You're like, okay, but where's that guy? Like, where's this weird dynamic of these two? And See, that's, I, that's I why I texted believe- that to you. It's like Blaine is like, I have my outer me and I have my inner me and I don't let everybody else see the inner me um, unless I'm really, really comfortable slash drunk. I was going to say, these all revolve around drinking. Mm-hmm. And Red Solo Cup was one of those really fun group song moments that I always love. Like, it, I was kind of, I was like a little emotional with like Cord coming, mm-hmm. Sam, Sam coming back and everybody like hugging him and like welcoming him. So I was like, oh, that makes me think of like, you know, all the, all the best yeah. things about like being in a choir. Um, anyways, I, that song is fucking no. stupid. But yes, <laughs> it's cute. And Finn doing the little like talking parts in it and mm-hmm. stuff. It made for cute TV. Yeah. It did. It was um, in the reviews. There were definitely people who were like, this was terrible. Why did they do this? And to that, I say, fuck off. Just like we criticize the shit out of this show, but we can also enjoy (laughs) some of the dumbass. Like, shut up. Just enjoy this bullshit song. Come on. There are a handful of numbers that fit in that category of like, I just don't care. I love it. Like (laughs) the one, what's the song when they're all in the choir room in season one? Oh yeah, ride with me. Yeah, yeah, like that and Red Solo Cup, and there's a few more that are in future episodes. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, unashamedly, we'll blast those. Mm-hmm. And like, mm-hmm. you don't have like, it's not the weird fantasy sequence where they're all dressed up and like they're on stage and like stuff like that. Like they're just in the choir room. It's just kind of off the cuff yeah. jamming. It's fun. Something that maybe real friends might do. Yeah. Right. Yeah, weird. Not this overproduced TV fantasy thing. Um, so we have the trouble tones, killing it, amazing. They kill it. They're amazing. I'm gonna let's just pretend like they got to sing two other Destiny's Child mashups. God, that would be great. I guess. Uh, I would love for them to done. do jumping. Oh, that is such a fun song. Slash, you know, jump for my love. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you guys, every time they have a competition and they have that guy who does the the announcing of the groups, I always hear the nude erections. Yeah, I know. Time. I never yeah. hear it until that guy does it. And he's like, the nude erections. Like, I swear he says it on purpose. <laughs> I think he might. Yeah. I think he might. Um, I did love the different judges. Yes. Always the clown. <laughs> clown. Yeah. Who gets like his own little line in the Glee Wikia of like co-star. <laughs> yeah. He was like credited in the <laughs> Yeah. Like, All right. I guess. I thought um, it was cute because um Sugar, you can see her mouth like tangles, like yelling I know. excited this fucking like what number one birthday clown in Southeast her, Ohio or whatever. Her background work is truly phenomenal. 
I know. She's amazing. Like as an actress, Vanessa's amazing. Yeah. Like, I think I didn't, I just didn't appreciate it the first time around. And now I just think, yes, yes. She's one of the best newbies, probably. Oh, we should do like a newbie rank um, mini episode. <laughs> After we watch, okay, well, I guess we can't wait all the way till then. But season six has some good newbies, um, actually. I'm going to have to is, take your word for it because I've never shame. seen them. <laughs> <laughs> What's well, a shame because it's a short season. Like they knew going in, it was only going to be. <laughs> 13 episodes or whatever and i'm like you're introducing like eight new people mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> i think that's a good idea fucking glee that's how all critiques end with just fucking glee <laughs> zach woodley but it's glee <laughs> but it's glee but it's glee so the nude erections get three songs <laughs> they, do... they do the jackson trio they, got they do the jacksons complicated right because like michael jackson's music is astounding yes and i won't hear anybody arguing with me on that however at what point do you just say is a little too complicated and a little too fucked up to use his music in a show like this and maybe we'll just step back from it like the jackson five children also weird they were all tortured by their dad but it's a good song janet jackson underrated ruined by justin timberlake use the song but like sh- what what are the ethical questions about using the michael jackson's music at this point when we know what's up no i, mean, I, I, I was gonna say like full offense to everyone who lo- I, yeah. I yeah. love michael jackson and i cried like a baby when he died and also uh, yeah, no, so, sometimes it's just not worth it. Um, like, honestly, there is a comparison I want to make. Sort of the same way with glorifying Puck. I don't know. I mean, like, I can recognize that in context, there are songs that Mark did that during the first round of the show, I just liked. Mm-hmm. But now that I know more, I can't go back and be like, well... I liked them before I knew stuff, so I'm going to pretend I don't know anything. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't work for me. It doesn't Mm -hmm. work for me either. And, like, everybody on the planet has the, I've been listening to Michael Jackson since I was a kid story. So we all are in the same boat. Like, no one just discovered Michael Jackson because of Glee. Yeah. So, and it's, it kind of tied in for me this time with... What what are Ryan Murphy's ethical quandaries if they exist at all? I mean, like he I'm when not did sure he has any right? Like when did he know about Mark Salling? Yeah, and if he knew before the end of the show, why the fuck was he still on the show? And even if you had an inkling that there was a problem before the show ended, 
we know what's up with Michael Jack. Well, I guess no is a hard word, but we are fairly certain that there was problematic, questionable, and probably illegal behavior happening. But you don't have to use his music. Like, it's phenomenal, but you don't have to. Partly because it's also fucking expensive. (laughs) Yeah. It's not like, like, well, it's cheap, so let's use it. Like, no. I don't know. I want to love it because they're good songs. And every time I'm just like, but, but But, why? But why? Anyway, so ABC was good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So getting all of that out of the way, my second thought was that, oh, look, everybody can get lines in the songs if if Rachel just isn't in them. Like just about. I really liked that. I was like, wow. Jenna can sing. Yeah. Fucking Mike got a bunch of lines. Artie got to sing a little bit. It was like it. It somehow proved that Rachel is not needed for the Glee Club and in fact takes them down. Sometimes. Not that she's not a great singer, but. Definitely in the the um, like team morality aspect. Just, like, I'm sure, like, you know, dipping into the fictional world here, like, a group of high schoolers would all feel pretty motivated uh, by actually getting to participate. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, it might actually raise um, the joy that everyone feels. The glee, perhaps, that they feel. You did there. Did you, was that, was that pretty good? Thanks. That was pretty good. Thanks. I was pretty, I was pretty excited about that one. Um. I thought about it for like three days. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I just, I liked that everyone, everyone got to shine. I also appreciated Blaine or the line of that's how easy love can be as the camera pans from Blaine to Sebastian in the audience. But like, that's fine. That's cool. That's for me. That was literally for you. That was fan service for a specific fan. That was just for me. Um, and on the flip side, Kurt glaring at Sebastian from the stage, which I don't know, B, you've been on stage. Can they even see them? I don't think they can see each other. Can they like see into the audience? Yeah, there's some bright, like, I don't know, on Broadway, but like, there's some bright fucking lights, man. Like, it's not making <laughs> eye contact with Sebastian. There's, <laughs> there's usually like, the stage lights are usually more down mm-hmm. um, and kind of like at a higher angle, but the spotlight hell fucking no you yeah. can always see like the front row sort of mm-hmm. but yeah any farther than that and you'd have to know exactly where they're sitting in the audience to mm-hmm. even find them you know but glee does that all the time where you like make eye contact with someone in the audience and then on stage and it's like how just not real yeah yeah i'm just imagining they all sit around like passing out the seating arrangements beforehand <laughs> <laughs> all right i focus here mm-hmm mm-hmm or Kurt just does that with Sebastian. Kurt's like, no, no, I need to know where the meerkat's sitting. <laughs> I got to keep my eyes on him. Uh, ugh, love it. Um, I did like Mercedes' little laugh to herself with Sam yeah. dancing. Like that—that's yeah. the kind of background. Like it's not even relationship development; it's just character development, where you can yeah. see that Mercedes is still like that kid, cute. You can see it. 
Yeah, they had a few really good moments like that. Um, like when Sam uh, is like shouting after in the beginning and Mercedes is walking away, just like grinning to herself. Yes. It also makes it kind of sad that they don't do more Sam Sadie's where you're just like, God, they're so cute. Yeah. They're so cute. Uh, <laughs> weird. Yeah. And then Man in the Mirror. Fun group number. Everyone gets to sing. The show remembers that Artie exists. So yes. uh, good for them. And then somehow the New Directions win. Spoiler still don't, alert. Still don't understand that. But again, as you said, getting three songs to everyone else's one probably helped. <laughs> I think it's sheer song ratio. Yeah. <laughs> right, because... The talent level was not... Well, the Unitards sang one song and came in third. Um, the Trouble Tones had a two-song mashup and came in second. And then... <laughs> yeah. the, so it is an inverse ratio of... That right? Is, inverse or like, something? That explains why um, Gerber Baby was so excited to get third. Like, they knew they were getting third. That's clearly what they planned for. <laughs> right. They only did the one song and they were going to do yeah. it well. Because there are only three teams in sections. Yeah, apparently. I guess. That's always been a question, is how many people perform in the different uh, competitions. Well, Glee always likes to have the third show choir be like a joke, too. Mm -hmm. um, one time it was literally old people. It was. <laughs> they sang a good song, though, so like, joke's on them. <laughs> so, um, it was nice to see a competition where there's actually three competent show choirs. Um, I know. Yeah. Still confused on the judging. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that really holds water. No, it's but, sexist, is what it is. You know what's kind of fucked is like right before they go on stage. Remember the trouble tones are like, if we win, like uh, we're, all of you guys can join us, and they're like scandalized. Like everyone's yeah. like, how dare you say that and all this stuff? But then literally. 10 minutes later they're letting all the trouble tones join them so i'm like what yeah mm -hmm. instead of just being like oh that's really nice of you so we continue our singing careers yeah like just and it's straight up horrified what yeah and like how dare you assume that we're gonna lose like that's what a competition yeah is. yeah like if why you don't wouldn't they? yeah like why wouldn't they assume that they're gonna win you have to or else you're just never gonna compete I'm going to go out there, but I think I'm just going to come in last. It's cool. You guys are definitely going to win, but we're just going to go ahead and sing anyway. Yeah. <laughs> That's how some of the other show choirs must feel with, like, vocal yeah. adrenaline. <laughs> Literally. Um, yeah. I don't know if we're done talking about sectionals, but I, I did just realize that we skipped over um, Demon Boxing Blaine. And I feel yeah. like we'd be remiss to end this episode without that bit of fan service, unless it's only fan service for me. Uh, I would guess it's fan service for Ryan Murphy <laughs> and yeah. just let everyone else benefit. It, it does feel like a wet dream he once had brought to yeah. life. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, I do remember when the photos and clips first started coming out that Tumblr was a mess. Um, I remember the gifts where Blaine's eyes are all blacked out, so he looks like Demon Blaine. That was yeah, a good. That was a good I AU. Um, I absolutely love the line. Don't act so surprised. After getting bullied so much, I took up boxing. <laughs> <laughs>
I also started the Dalton Branch of Fight Club, which I obviously can't talk about. <laughs> that is one of those, like, this episode had a few of those, like, iconic glee lines. Yeah, there are certain lines that, yeah. that just, they ended up in fic, they ended up on gift sets, they just, yeah. they were just, they exist and um the dalton branch of fight club is is absolutely one of those also you smell like craigslist is one i saw a Ah, lot yes you smell like craigslist um the cw hair naturally yeah so especially after flash yes i like those uh those combo gifts um you know blaine unloads on finn and we get a reminder that blaine was bullied which could maybe be a, a bigger storyline overall, but this is how we're going to use it. And Finn admits that he feels threatened by someone a foot shorter than him. Their size difference in that scene really is incredible. It really, they had to stand so far apart yeah. to end up in the same framing. That <laughs> Like, I'm surprised they didn't just like full on, just like have Blaine on a box. I know. I know. I just, every time. Um, I couldn't, I also couldn't get over Darren's waxed chest because the tan difference was so strong. His like, just pale, haven't been outside, haven't been living in Los Angeles that long skin versus the rest of him was like, oh, they just did that to you two days ago, didn't they? (laughs) As if, I don't know, I guess I, I guess there are guys who don't have chest hair in high school. Maybe my swim team was just super hairy. I don't actually know. I spent most of high school trying not to look at shirtless guys. <laughs> the ones at my school, like, even if I did have an appreciation for them, were not. It's not, not what you wanted. Look at. Yeah, I will say that the swim team, you, you really lose some modesty there. <laughs> so, was, especially, anyway. <laughs> but yeah, just the, that Ryan Murphy felt the need to wax Darren down anytime he was shirtless yeah. on the show was just. Like, do you put that in your contract? Like, how does that? Where do you have it? Was right by the gel clause. <laughs> that Darren clearly did not read first. Yeah, like, did he? Did they tell him when he became a series regular? Like, well, one, we're gonna have you take off your clothes more and more, um, and two, we're gonna wax you. Poor Darren. Then I again, mean, that's built his career from it. So I was maybe gonna not say, poor. like, oh, no, poor Darren, but like, ow. And then I also wrote, God, but he's pretty in this scene. And I feel like that's the last vestiges of my old fandom life. I was like, God, he really was pretty, though. The anger does it for me. I don't know about you. Somehow that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> We've all had fantasies about hitting him, right? I mean, yes. Is that is yeah. this me? It's fine. Violence is not the answer. Uh, don't hit. Communicate. Don't hit. So I guess our final, are we final? Maybe? Look at my notes. Um, the final performance. We are young. Again, just like one I really liked. Yeah, no, it's um, it's so sweet 
and it's so well done and it's so great when the the trouble tone ladies show up on the side and are just like welcomed with open arms because it's not like they haven't been performing together for three years yeah. <laughs> like these are our enemies like no they're your classmates and friends yeah so. you literally still have classes together even if yeah, you're not yeah. in the club together yeah we saw that not many episodes ago yeah, like, they're yeah. literally still in classes so i just it it's nice and it was nice to see quinn being happy with her friends. Yeah. Yeah. I liked the bathroom scene right before it where Quinn like you mm. know, talks about them, d not even just convincing them to come back, but just like reminding them that the door is always open and that, mm -hmm. you know, they should let go of the animosity and, you know, but I wonder with the new direction re reactions earlier hat, would it have gone the other way so easily, mm -hmm. <laughs> but you know, whatever it is what it is. Um, but I was, <laughs> I was crying like before the song Aww. even really started because I knew, well, there's that moment where there is you, yeah, everybody already knows where Corey hugs Naya and yeah. the background is just like clouds and sky. And I was like, not ready to watch it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it got me. It got me. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember that song blew up huge right after that. Um, it did. That was really where it was like introduced to the world and like, yeah. And that song was a hit. And I'm sure made the charts if I spent three minutes trying to find um, find some data. You're our data person. Go find us. Oh, this is one of three episodes that were submitted for the 2020 or 2020. Wow. 2012 Emmys. So that's not a bad pick. That's a good pick. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I... I liked the show or the show, this, um, this episode. It's not yeah, perfect, it was a good one. but in the, the pantheon of Glee episodes, like, yeah. Oh, it's, so it's refreshing. Like, can you imagine what this podcast would be if every episode were like, here are all the things we liked and a couple of issues we had. <laughs> um, it would be shorter episodes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably. I looked, I looked up. We are young. It, when it made it to number one um, and nice. U.S. Billboard Hot 100 for the decade of 2010 to 2019, it was number 29. Is that a Glee bump or was it? I, I'm going to guess it was a Glee bump on that one. That, that song did not exist on the radio until Glee did it. I yeah. remember that really distinctly because my best friend um, at the time, still one of my best friends, loved um, Nate Ruiz, who or whatever you say his name, who leads fun, had a, mm. a problem before that called The Format, still one of her favorite bands. Anyways, so I remember us watching this episode of <laughs> She's Glee a together. Band for fun. I know. So um, shout out Hillary. I don't think she listens to the pod, but if you ever do. Um, but yeah, I remember her being like, I know that band because I know Nate and blah, blah, blah. Mm. Um, and then that song blew up and fun blew up uh, right after that. But yeah, the Glee effect. Um, which you kids, if you don't know, uh, Glee was actually really big back in the day. I know it seems oh. ridiculous, but people were clamoring to get their songs on Glee because it would boost the original song as well. It and really the did. Chart. Yeah. I mean, this song went to number one. That's crazy. It And like, we could also just have a whole mini episode talking about the music and kind of the impact of the music. But like, you would hear that shit on the radio, not the original version. You would hear... The Glee yeah. version sometimes, especially the Christmas music. I still hear the claim, baby, it's cold yeah. outside. 
that's the only one I regularly hear anymore. But mm. at least once a year in a random store, well, maybe not this year, since I don't know if stores are gonna well, that's be a true. thing that I would do. But generally, yeah, I, I hear the baby. It's cold outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, like superior Christmas song, yeah. anyway. So like, um, the only yeah. version of "Baby It's Cold Outside" I will accept. Period. Mm. No other version comes close. The glee one is the best one. I won't hear any <laughs> argument. I mean, as a bold statement. That's <laughs> a, uh, a choice. I mean, it's not totally wrong, but yeah. But yeah, I mean, the, the cultural impact of glee, and I know we have it in our little tagline, but for a good couple of years there, it was some shit. And that mm-hmm. is phenomenal to think about when you tend to consider shows that are arguably good are the shows with cultural impact and the, yeah. and and to be fair like the flip side of this and maybe we should have an entire different podcast about like pop culture which of course no one has ever done um <laughs> shows like game of thrones have a huge cultural impact and arguably became pretty bad mm-hmm. and that's more of the glee track right you kind of start with a bang and then you just keep watching and it somehow hits the zeitgeist just right and and leaves a mark. Not, not as wide of a mark, obviously, but people of our age, you can, there are glee lines where you're like, I, you know where the fuck that came from. And who's going to let go of the Dalton meme? The gay Hogwarts? Yeah. <laughs> I see that fucking gay Hogwarts yeah. thing on the regular on Tumblr. <laughs> like, and yes, Tumblr. Talk at me. me while I eat. Talk at me while I eat. Yeah. I'm like, yes, obviously, Tumblr is also a niche social media site and should remain as such and should never be in the zeitgeist. A literally worthless site that has cost people billions for thinking they should own it. That is truly my favorite thing about Tumblr at this point. That's why I won't leave Tumblr. I'm like, no, no, I can actually do capitalistic damage by being an active user on this site. Yeah. Continuing to reblog 10 year old gifts for free ruins people's like IPO. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, it's great. That's how you bring down Yahoo. <laughs> Bunch of- I'm going to put that on my resume one day. Yeah. Next time I apply for a job, like participated in devaluing yeah. Yahoo. I love it. So, have we covered the key points? Do we have any? last um bits of bits of trivia bits of like oh that one thing i really liked and we didn't talk about no i think we got everything we got we hit the we hit the mark i'm gonna take the silence as a i think all of us left are the indices and the faves yes indices and the faves i will say i Uh made one note that says rich white girl problems lol Yes, I did know yeah. that too. I appreciated that. Although and my other random note was that the Sam and Santana scene is really cute because of how he reacts. Yes. Yeah. Where like she just like rips into him and he's like, I missed you too, Santana. And then like picks her up and hugs her. Yeah. I liked that as showing that for the most part, the Glee Club understands that when Santana does some of this shit, it's it's her love language in a yeah. way like some of the stuff she says to Kurt, especially early on is 
bullying. But some of the other insults, I mean, don't insult your friends, that's bad. But yeah. for her character, you I think you do have to kind of understand sometimes that it is her way of showing affection because she can't otherwise. Doesn't know how. Look, repression is a real thing. Yeah. And she's so cute. Um, great. Do we wanna wanna hit the Kevin mix scale? Um, once again, was he in this episode? <laughs> Uh, he got a he line. Got yeah, he oh, got a he, line. Oh, oh, he did have a solo. Well, everybody got a solo with sectionals, but yeah, he did have solo in control. Yeah. And so like, yeah. Oh, a two. Yeah. Well, I feel like I feel like we're starting to upgrade based on how shitty other episodes. Like, I don't. I feel like maybe this is still only one point five. Like, I don't actually know that yeah. he had a line beyond some of the singing. Yeah. So yeah, I, he gets to say one point five. Yeah. One point five, yeah. Especially since somehow the Kevin McScale only goes to five. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> some we started we didn't start this well. Um, the claim decks. Mm. I mean, they had a lot of really a lot of scenes. They had that nice, own, lots yeah. of background. Yep, they both got to sing. It wasn't a duet, um, but they both did get to sing. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe like a six? Six and a half? Maybe like six. Yeah. They didn't really have their own storyline. Right. They had screen time, but it wasn't claim time. Right. Yeah. That was good. We came here for claim time, not a long Mm -hmm. time. (laughs) I don't. And then... Um, was there anything I guess for this specific episode I don't know if it counts to like you know just talk about Sebastian's overall involvement in the show I will always say more Sebastian just overall incomplete I feel like you know that's like a if we're talking about Sebastian's involvement over the entire show that's like a 90 out of 100 like did they just drop the ball on that one they could have gone a lot of more interesting places I know We'll just rewrite the show from Blaine or from Sebastian's perspective. That's what fanfiction's for, kids. I would read that. I would watch it too, but I would also read it. (laughs) (laughs) Just thinking, like, (laughs) yeah. I'm just thinking about it. Um, Mandy, get on it. Do it. Do it. Sure. Do we still? Can we still say do it for the vine? Is that? Um, no, I will do it for a uh, $50 Patreon donation. It's <laughs> great. But like one chapter a month. So you got to keep up with that $50. Mm, mm, okay. Okay. Great. I like your drive. Yeah. I dig it. Um, all right. Favorite lines, unless we've already said them. I honestly... Um, other than the okay. meerkat face, I I just love the um, fuck. What was it? I'm scrolling. Oh no! God, I have, while you're scrolling, I held back my actual favorite line, oh, okay. and it's um, it's it's Sam and Quinn's conversation when she says, "Please don't say under her breath." Oh yeah, <laughs> yes. that is good. Um, I a lot of fun lines. It did have a lot yeah. of good lines. I really, for some reason, liked the even almost people have Facebook. Oh yeah. Even though it's it's kind yeah. of kind of bad, like it's not. It's kind of bad. It's it's kind of bad. Yeah. 
Oh, oh, no, I think it's still, I didn't know Backdraft was a musical. Yeah. <laughs> Just because it's, you said it so, like, oh, yeah, Backdraft. My favorite was when they're, 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 pra- they're like rehearsing their dance moves and they're like, oh, we don't have enough girls. Girls are like, what? gets attention like which is dumb hello the the warblers but rory says and i can't believe he said it because i can't understand what he says half the time he says girls smell better than ham and then a bunch of other stuff that's what he says girls smell better than ham yeah he Ah. he does say that (laughs) and then in that uh-huh. same scene, um, Blaine does, uh, no, Sam does his body roll, and Artie's like, I got light tingles when it's only 50 50 oh, yeah. tingling. <laughs> yes. Oh, that is his line. He does have a line. Yeah, one line, yeah. So maybe we bump it up to it too. Maybe. 50 <laughs> 50 for tingles. That is, it was it's great so delivery. inappropriate. And great yeah, it's the delivery. We probably shouldn't laugh at it, and I realize that it's probably really problematic, but. Uh, yeah. He's clearly saying it as a way to make fun of himself a little bit, though. Yeah, yeah. That's how I felt anyways. For sure. Super. Uh, favorite songs? I'm going to say the final number. We are young. Just because I'm mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it got to be for me, too. No, but Red Solo Cup was so good. <laughs> there can only be one. Know. The scene is amazing. <laughs> the song itself, I still yeah. like. Oh, well, that's true. Yeah. Who wrote that that's song? A, it's a very dumb song. But you're right. The performance was very cute. Yeah, I uh, I think that's Toby Keith. Yeah, that's right. It is amazing. Uh, great. So I think I think that is. Hold on to sixteen. Yeah, I'm um, I'm sad that they didn't sing Jack and Diane though. I really love that song. Yeah. Glee never did it. Are you sad that they didn't sing a little ditty? That's right. About, About Jack and Diane. two kids <laughs> living in the it heartland. You know, very like high school. So. Their kids living in the heartland. They would have probably given it to like Mr. Shu to sing or something. Oh. You know, maybe we're we're blessed. That's uh, true. He didn't sing at all in this episode, and I think we should be. I think we should be right. Happy he, about that. he just smiled at them from the wings. That's when I like Mr. Shu the most. Great. <laughs> he's when he's just in the background, just kind of. Emma was in this one too to clap in the background. I was like, mm, all right, yes. Uh, Sue wasn't in this episode at all. Right. Which is, you know, always interesting when they just choose not to have somebody, but I can definitely see why there's just no room for her this time. Yeah. Um, great. So thank you for listening. I think that's, I think that's a cap on hold on to 16. Um, I don't know. What is it? Smash that like button (laughs) rate, uh, rate, Rate. download, subscribe, comment, smash the likes tell your co-workers don't tell your you can hide this podcast from your co-workers you don't need to include it in your copy breaks so uh if you want to support us at all we have a patreon and a bunch of social media accounts and a website which exists um thanks for listening and we will hit you up next time with another episode why do i never keep these things oh it's the christmas episode episode. yeah extraordinary i was like something's coming extraordinary merry christmas um black and white christmas special one yeah it's a fabulous episode this is gonna be great so yeah we're gonna have christmas in the middle of the summer and it's gonna be awesome so 
<laughs> stay tuned for that episode. And that's what you missed on Glee.